Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. And welcome back. By popular demand, we're going to go to the topic of lying. Pull from the archives, talk about the science. Kurt Morrison here. This is Podcast 483. Welcome back. We're going to take a deep dive on how to find those people that are lying to you. The science, that art of detecting deception. Would people lie to you? Uh, Yeah, it's getting worse. Where a lot of societies thinking it's okay to lie, it's okay to have a white lie, it's okay to lie to get what you want, you're going to have to draw the line. I am not going to teach you this so you become better liars, but so you can detect deception, you can identify a liar. So that's what we're going to dive in today. Hopefully everyone's doing well, having a great week. So let's start it off with the persuasion blunder of the week. Don't, don't, don't. I was at an event. And it was catered from a restaurant I actually really like. It's a, you know, a high-end hamburger, french fry place. They're originally out of Hawaii. Really good stuff. I would choose to go there. So they're catering. That's good. But yeah, some food should not be set out. Now, first of all, they just came in with all these big brown paper bags. All the food was pre-organized in these less than attractive containers. And they're all written on in Sharpie and sloppy writing what it was. But you know what? A, the presentation. B, hamburgers, and especially french fries, should not sit. So even though they have good food, I don't really have a hankering to go back because soggy french fries and a burger that's been sitting there for a while, I mean, it's okay, but it's not very good. And even worse, I know a lot of people are ordering food, getting it delivered. I've learned real fast, you just can't do nachos. You have about five minutes to eat nachos before all the chips go limp and gooey, and it's not very good. So, is it their fault? I don't know. Am I going back? I doubt it. At least not for a while. And even worse, at the very end, (laughs) the person that brought the food, at least one of them, came up to me, shaking their head in the no fashion. You wouldn't be able to do a review on Yelp, would you? (laughs) Like, I guess not. You don't want me to. So, how do we apply this to general influence and sales? Hey, it's all about the presentation. How you look how your website looks, how your product looks. And of course, when you ask people to do things, law of expectations and maximum influence, shake your head and, hey, would you help me out? Do you see how this could change your life? So it's on your demeanor, the way you ask, the presentation. It's true in every aspect of influence. Just saying, I wish it wasn't true because I really liked this place. Now, it might fade over time. Maybe we'll give another shot. I get it. There probably wasn't another way to do it, but be very careful in the way you present yourself, your company, and your product and service. And that takes us to our topic today and our geeky scholarly article. Titled, Eight Ways to Identify a Liar. This is brought to us by Spring.org, American Journal of Forensic Psychiatry, and Professor Gazelman who teaches interviewing techniques to the FBI. So they ask him, how can detectives and other people know if someone's lying? He says deceptive people generally want to say as little as they can. 
They just don't give you a lot of details. Now, I have found, too, especially in a negotiation, this is interviewing process, in a negotiation, let me add something to that, people usually shift gears to where they're saying way too much, too many details, and I was walking down the street, and I saw a bird, and this dog ran across the street, and you're like, okay, what's that got to do with this? So in a situation where they're backed in a corner, maybe interview, they're going to say less. Some people might say more. Just put it out there for now. In his situation, people tend to clam up, and they say as little as possible. Probably because all the detective movies we've seen don't say too much. So they say just get him to talk. Keep asking the questions. Get him to talk. And so Professor Gieselman has looked at 60 different studies on deception. He said another thing that people do is they provide explanations without being asked. And here's one of the reasons. And let me add just my insight to this. When people tell the truth, they're just expected to be believed. They're telling the truth. But people will lie. First of all, it takes extra bandwidth. You can tell that they're thinking more. But now they're playing a little defense. They have to keep testing you, keep explaining to see if you believe. Oh, they believe in me. They keep testing and testing, keep explaining and explaining, and that's what's happening there. All right, let's get back to it. And also deceptive people sometimes repeat questions before answering them. And we all do this to buy time. Remember, extra bandwidth, got to think it through, got to come up with a reaction. He says they'll watch you carefully to see a reaction, to see if you're buying it. He says deceptive people change the pace of their speech, where truthful people usually will not alter their speech rate. You'll see nervous gestures like pressing lips together, playing with hair, playing with an object on the table. And I'll talk more about this in a bit. Liars tend to avoid specifics when pushed. They like to be vague. Don't want to be backed into a corner. He also says truthful people often look away to concentrate on their answers. Liars stare at you. <laughs> they do. Because, oh, I can't look away. I'm lying. I'm lying. I gotta look at them. Truthful people, especially when we talk about metaprograms, visual people tend to look up to gather their thoughts. Kinesthetic people tend to look down. So we tend to have different eye movements to gather our thoughts. But if I'm lying, I gotta keep looking at you. So you buy the lie. What's interesting, he says, gut reactions should not be relied on. Be trained, look for it. Let me add to this, you can be really good at this, but the challenge for most people is their bandwidths on themselves, what they need to say about them, what they need to get in that negotiation, or whatever it is, that they're not looking for these clues. So again, that comes from the Journal of Forensic Psychiatry. Now off to listener email. Oh boy! Which follows our theme. Let's get into a little more content here. This is Stephen from England. It says, Kurt, I'm already a member of Influence University. Are there any other surprises you can give me? <laughs> Let me explain, everybody. When I read your email on the show, you get the gold version of Influence University. So, Stephen, I will give you persuasive presentations since you're already a member of Influence University. And maximizers out there, you can always go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Take your free Persuasion IQ assessment, see where you rank. Contact information is there. Or just send me an email at kurt at maximizeyourinfluence.com. And of course, information on the advanced training in Influence University. All right, Stephen asks, I was just recently in a negotiation, hammering out terms, being influential, and I was blindsided that they'd been lying the whole time and I didn't even know. My partner during the next break said, they're lying to you. How can I get better at detecting these lies and knowing if people are telling me the truth or blatantly lying to me? All right, Stephen, that's our theme for today. Let's talk about it. We gave you a few fundamentals in the weekly article, but let's talk about what is this deception? 
This is when people deliberately misinform, distort the truth, don't reveal what they need to, they fabricate, they fib, they misrepresent, or they just flat out lie. Is it ever okay to lie? Hmm. You've got to decide that. When somebody asks how they look at a pair of pants, maybe that's okay. But the challenge is, politicians have taught us that it's okay to lie. Doesn't matter what parties you believe in, both sides been caught lying. It's just how it is. So studies do show it's been more and more accepting to see politicians lie or to say you're sick and not go to work. So we're not going to go down that path. We're going to talk about these blatant stuff where they're misinforming, they're trying to distort the truth, they're trying to take advantage of you. And again, it could be withholding information, falsifying information. There's different ways to do that. And you have to realize that when you're in that moment of influence or negotiation and you catch them in a lie, you've got to decide, all right, is this just a momentary lapse of character? Or is this a character flaw? Do I even want to work with this person? Now, sometimes you have to. You're thrown in that situation, but sometimes you can walk. And that might be the best thing for you to do. So you have to really create this deception radar. It takes practice. It takes concentration. The ability to notice physiological responses in the person. Or notice what I call deception leakage, which can be verbal or nonverbal. Verbal, of course, inflection, word choice, rate. Nonverbal, face, body, eyes. That's what you're looking for. Now realize there are micro expressions. When you take those politicians I talked about, and we found out later they were lying and you look at the thing, no, I'm telling the truth. I'm not a crook. I did not have, right, whatever it is. They slowed them down and they found these micro expressions that last one one hundredth of a second that are impossible to disguise that we can kind of just pick up along the way. So what increases deception? Well, lack of skills, threatened ego, trying to boost the ego. Anger a lot of times will do that too. Insecurity, frustration. A lot of times it's because people have run out of tools. Remember my favorite Chinese proverb? The person that strikes first admits their ideas have given out. Hello? It's mean they don't know where to go next. They've been backed into a corner. They didn't prepare. So now it's time to yell and lie. A lot of people get stuck in that trap. In fact, one study found that 61% of conversations involve some type of deception. So a few things up front, some warnings. When they tried to avoid you or the topic or they're like, taking you down a rabbit hole. Like, How did we get here? Omitting facts, adding too many facts. Remember we talked about that. Showing anger is definitely part of that. But one thing I would do that's very important up front is have a list of questions that you already know the answer to. And if they start lying to those, you know that person's going to lie down the road. Number one. Number two, before you even start the influence negotiation process, try to find their standard behavior. Because your goal is you want to look for clusters. What's a cluster? It's kind of a bundle, meaning if they keep touching their face, maybe that's just who they are. If they turn red when you ask them a question, that's just how they are. Maybe they're taking up less space. Maybe that's how they are. But if you see all four of those, that is a cluster that means they're lying. So what you're looking for, two, three, four of these warning signs as the negotiation progresses. So find their standard behavior, have a few questions ready to go that you already know the answer to, see if they lie to those, and then we can talk about some of the things that you're looking for. When you're detecting deception, don't have any preconceptions. Find that standard behavior, and we're looking for different clusters. And I mentioned it earlier, people who tell the truth are expecting to be believed. 
And those that deceive, a lot of times will accuse you of deceiving. When people accuse you first, they're probably doing it. If they accuse you of lying first, you're like, whoa, where did that come from? It's probably because they are lying. And also don't confront them. Don't accuse them. It's actually better for you not to say, oh, you're lying. I caught you in a lie. You want them to think that you're buying their lies, at least up front, so you can gather more and more information. They become more and more confident, like, oh, we're pulling it off. We're doing it. And they're going to let their guard down. And another thing to always know, it's easier to lie to someone you don't like. That's <laughs> just how it is. So the more you connect and build the relationship, and you see this with FBI-type interviews, you know, build a relationship, I'm your friend, can be a tool that can be very helpful to you. So let's talk about a few clues that you're looking for. Different parts of the body. We start with nonverbal, then we're going to go to verbal. Remember, you're looking for clusters. So let's start with the eyes. Now, hopefully you found their standard behavior. Maybe they're the type of person that can't look at you. So now you know when you're talking about the weather, getting things started, and they can't look at you, maybe this will be something you're looking for. Now, with the eyes, what usually happens is you they will avoid or it's forced eye contact. Remember before, they're looking at you. I have to look at you. I'm lying. I have to look at you. Basically, you're looking for a difference in eye contact. Maybe they're going to look at you more or less. It's different than their standard behavior. Increased blinking is a sign of lying, and the pupils can dilate when people lie. Then you can look at their arms and shoulders. If they keep crossing and uncrossing their arms, their shoulders are turned away from you. Usually when you connect with someone, their shoulders are squared up with you. You might see their shoulders shrugging a little bit more, taking up less space. Could be a sign, could be one of those clusters that you're looking for. Legs, begin nervousness, crossing and crossing, crossing and crossing, wiggling, tapping, feet underneath the chair, again, taking up less space. Knees bouncing could be part of that. Then you look at the head. Now, this is the one that people are best controlling because they're most aware of it, but they believe they're tilting their head more, they're touching their face more, hands to the head more, covering their mouth. Could be part of that. So let's talk about the mouth. You might see biting the lip, fake smile, or their eyes are not smiling with their mouth. A lot of times the dry mouth. When people get nervous... The saliva production slows down. You might hear more of a smack because their mouth is too dry or they might be taking more drinks. In fact, if you look at lying in history, one of the things they used to do is they put rice in your mouth to see if you were lying. Why? Because if you spit it out and it wasn't wet, that means you were lying. Now, I think we've gotten better than that over time. That was because of the dry mouth. Then the nose. The nose knows. So we get nervous, blood flow increases to our face. That's why we're touching our face more. It kind of itches a little bit. It's a sign of discomfort. Now, maybe they have allergies. That's something I suffer with, and that could be part of it. Remember, we're looking for clusters. Their ears might turn red. Their nose might turn red. They might rub their nose more. That is one of the things that you can look for. Then just generally in the body, maybe they're perspiring more, physically moving back, wanting more distance between you. A lot of times their body movements become more mechanical, like robotic, because usually it's natural. We don't think about it now. Oh, I'm lying. I got to be more aware of my eye contact and my body language. And it's almost mechanical. Like, oh, I should move my arm now. That is something you can look for. And even body posture. Maybe they're more rigid than when you were talking in the beginning about the weather or some easy items to find their standard behavior. Maybe they're trying to be too more relaxed the way they're slouching in their chair. Movements are probably going to be minimized for most people, but you'll see a change there. So these are the things you're looking for. Remember, you're looking for clusters, especially the nonverbals. We can't control all of those things we talked about. Or maybe look at the vocal or the verbal. So we talked about nonverbal. So vocal, 
You're going to have longer pauses. They're going to ask you to repeat the questions. There'll be more vocal fillers, um, er, uh, you know, more speech errors because I have to slow down, more bandwidth. I'm thinking more. It takes a lot more energy and bandwidth in your brain to lie than to tell the truth. To tell the truth, this is the truth. I don't have to think about it. But if I'm pausing and repeating questions and more vocal fillers and speech errors, and you can tell they're thinking about it more, ding, 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 that could be... One of the clues in the cluster, volume. Usually you'll see a difference here. Some people start to mumble more so you're not catching everything they're saying. They might go softer to minimize the focus to withdraw. Some will get loud to show anger or excitement, but you'll see a difference in volume. Another one you might see in this kind of a combination, verbal, nonverbal, is the expressions in their face Last a little too long. If they're trying to show that smile, instead of lasting a couple seconds, it lasts 10 seconds. You're like, that's a little fake. And the reason I bring that up is a lot of times that their facial expressions won't match what they're saying. They might say, well, I'm angry. And then they'll, five seconds, they'll hit the table. They're like, they, they don't match. So that's kind of a combination verbal, non-verbal. I mentioned earlier that the rate will change. The rate of speech, the speed. And also you're listening to the content. The lack of detail or too much detail, being sarcastic, inappropriate humor, listening to the content, you're looking for a change in their demeanor or a change from their standard behavior in the beginning. Or another one too, the stalling mechanisms, coughing, clearing their throat, yawning, I didn't hear the question, those type of things. You might hear fogging. What's fogging? You know, you swing a bat in the fog, it doesn't hit anything. That's where they just go around in circles. They yes to questions and, and they just keep going around in these circles. Kind of like a politician. Never really answers it, but they keep talking. You're like, okay, what just happened there? That's known as fogging. Politician training 101. Or a few other red flags. They keep repeating words and phrases. They keep changing the focus. They pull the religion card. You're like, where did that come from? And you didn't even ask. That could be a red flag. Raising voice, speaking faster, become more quiet, more foul language, making fun of your appearance, listening selectively. We could spend all day on this, but those are a few things that you can start looking for. So remember, find their standard behavior in the beginning. Start looking for the clusters, the two, three, four things that indicate they're lying. Don't call them out, at least not right away. And make sure you have questions ahead of time that you already know the answer to. If they start lying at those, you know you're dealing with a liar. So, Stephen, hopefully that's helpful to you and everybody out there. Thank you for your question. I will send you out the training on persuasive presentations, the formula for that. But, hey, take something that you've learned today. Be more aware when you're talking to people. Are they deceiving you? Especially in negotiation, and it'll be a game changer for you. Hey, I'm glad you're here today. Check us out at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can also go to iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, all under Maximize Your Influence. Tell your family, friends, and enemies. Hit like, hit subscribe. Become a better negotiator. Learn to detect deception. And go out and persuade with power.